This episode of the Colton Culture Podcast is presented by Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source of premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle and Portland shops, you'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. Real people offering real service. Use code ColtCulture10 to get 10% off at www.thunderroadguitars.com. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can now get an additional 30% off if you go to distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Colt. That's distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Colt. Or you can get it in the App Store. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now, on sale, and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Colton Culture listeners get 10% off by using the code FRET10. F-R-E-T-1-0, that's code FRET10 at isotope.com, I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Colton Culture with Justin Pearson. What you're about to hear is Martin Atkins of Public Image Limited, Ministry, Nine Inch Nails, and Killing Joke, interviewing myself on February 28th at the SAE Institute of Chicago. It was part of a lecture and Q&A on music and the world surrounding it. And this is a segment from that discussion. Um, so, uh, you're listening to all of that stuff, the West Coast skate punk? But, I mean, the Thrasher stuff was like, because I really was sold on Septic Death, which is Pusshead, um, he's saying that Pusshead does, did a lot of art for Metallica and the Mis- or, yeah, Misfits and stuff, so okay. that was kind of like the, the main thing, but that, they're from Ohio, so... Or from Idaho, I mean, um, but yeah, so it was kind of like all over. It wasn't like a, a, a coastal thing because I grew up in Phoenix and I was already into like skateboarding culture, uh, at, like you know, age nine or ten. And so it was kind of like this started to happen. And once, once I was, once I hit twelve, I was like, this is it. Convinced my mom to buy me a bass, and then when I was fifteen, started my first band, which was called Struggle, and went on tour before I, before my sixteenth birthday. I already toured the West Coast. I went to Canada crazy stuff like a 15 year old probably shouldn't have left the country I played in Mexico and Canada before I turned 16 yeah no you shouldn't do that <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can't do that um, so uh, how was it it's awesome so, uh, who was driving Steve well so one of the guitar the guitar player was, was driving the, yeah the guitar player and the drummer were both 16 and me and the singer were 15 so 16 you had a driver's license <clears throat> but um, it was wild I, I, I mean but we had no expectations and I think in so that was um, 90, I believe. Uh, at, at that point, like, it was different. You know, there wasn't, like, um, you know, in, in America, there wasn't, like, um, you know, this sort of, like, stronghold by the government to figure out, like, oh, we have, you know, you could cross the border, and they're just like, oh, whatever. Like, <laughs> you even, even with, like, you have Mohawks and green hair and dreadlocks and shit. Go ahead. You know, like, it didn't matter. Like, now it's like, what are you? You have drugs, you have guns, contraband, you know, whatever. Like, there's something to it. But they were just letting us go, and it was... I mean, it was, in retrospect, it was absurd, and I don't know how it worked, but it did. <laughs> I just had I just had a similar experience. 
and sometimes I love the internet, sometimes I just think it's a, some ridiculous joke, <laughs> but um, the bass player in a band I had in 1980 um, was describing our first trip to America, not with Pill, with this, this punk thing I had, and we went to the all-night cinema in Leicester Square. I don't know why, it was five pounds for five movies. But we thought we'd be watching movies and doing speed, of course. But all the homeless people are in there just biting. And, <laughs> and of course, it's kung fu movies, which is just winding everybody up, starting fights with people who, five pounds was a reasonable uh, deal to be warm for the night. Oh, so we're in amongst that. And I just, I was trying to imagine myself, what was I thinking? And I came to the conclusion maybe I wasn't. You know, it never occurred to me that it was insane. <laughs> like Times Square in 1980 was fucking dangerous shit. Sure. People were just getting shot in New York back then. Uh, um, yeah, so it's so you just jump in a van and go to Mexico and okay? So the thing is, though, that like you, you or I in our in our lives, being young, doing that is doing these dangerous things or impractical things or, or whatever came out in the music though like that was what created the art essentially I I, I feel well there was a yeah that disregard it wasn't like I have decided to not give a shit we didn't even know there was a shit to be given <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, that's a great point like immigration I mean I guess we were speeding and drunk arriving in America <laughs> That's the best what way to we, arrive. What were we doing? Um, okay, so you start touring. So you, you, you talked about how it was when we started. Can we? I'm going to dot all over the place. How is it different now? How do you? What are the things that are different and useful, and what are the things that are different and shit? Well, okay, well, obviously, as you've been talking about, the internet is a huge thing that's changed the game. So for me, it was pre-internet, and, and for me to go and book a tour, you know, I don't have I don't have income. We don't have a, we didn't have like a, a real record label. I mean, we were on we were on this label called Ebullition, which was a, a big deal for us, a big deal for punks, and especially in the mid '90s. It was a it was a rad label to be on, and it was part of this community. And that was again going back to the ethics. You were creating this thing. You're like, oh, you're part of Ebullition and all these other bands that are kind of affiliated. And and Ebullition would do things like put out compilations with Bikini Kill, which had Kathleen Hanna, and, you know, and, and, and um, you know, like kind of touching upon like what would become bigger musical entities, you know, or, or people of the, of, the music, of the musical world. So, but you know, being part of this label was a, was a thing, but we would try to figure out how are we gonna book a tour? You know, for one, we don't have money to call but there was, the, there was like a publication called Book Your Own Fucking Life and you, it was basically just like a magazine you could look through and you could look in every city and you could book a show and of course you're kind of screwed because you're like hey will you book us and they're like yes but then you don't have any control of like are they going to promote it so you just go there and you're like fuck I hope, I hope there's like at least three or five people there you know like a couple of people will be fine and so you, you know you really didn't have any expectations because I, I wasn't just planning on going and doing something great and I was just like let's just go play and if we could sell a few records and make gas money and find a house to sleep on someone's floor at done you know that's that's like the, the, the well that's all we were hoping for you know but we would we would there was like this whole network of weird ways like not that I was stealing our gear because we didn't really steal our gear but we just stole a lot of other things um, I mean we're, 
So I mean, we were poor, we were punk, and we were and we were and we were we were, we you know we were practical. We were street smart, so we were practical in this one sense where we would say like, you know. Oh, there's these Coke machines where you could where you could squirt salt water in the in the Coke machine. All the money would come out, and all the soda would come out. Like, cool, let's do that every day, everywhere we go. And then you go like, oh, we have gas money, and we have money to eat, and we have a ton of soda, and and it's free, you know. And so we use all that money for things like gear and things like that. But you could also then then it got even crazier because. Once you start networking with all the other punks, you figure out there's these things called dialers at, yeah. at Radio Shack, and yeah. you get this chip, and you change it, and it's, I don't even know what dialers are actually meant for, but you basically go to a payphone, you put it in, it sounds like the, the sound of quarters going in, so you could call anywhere. So we were booking tours for free, because this is before cell phones, and then eventually we were like, oh, we can book tours in Europe, and we can call Europe and do this. So it got like absurd, and we started going everywhere for free so it was stolen but not the actual gear because there was ethics involved you know like I don't really care about stealing from Coca-Cola but I would not rob someone and take their gear or a sword right. or whatever right I get it that was Colton Culture with Justin Pearson 